Hello, and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness, and you're tuned in to Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki, and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women and men in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talent. Our motto, Sisters in Music, Together We Are Stronger. We have a super treat today. This is our 2021 Father's Day special. And my guest today is a multi-award-winning, billboard-charting, largely self-taught musician. He has a fearless, unapologetic approach to music that results in an electrifying combination of orchestra, rock, EDM, and piano. The end result is an epic, cinematic vibe that evokes a variety of emotions. Please join me in welcoming the amazingly talented and my wonderful friend, Kit Wakely. Kit, welcome to Mixin' It. Oh, thank you so much. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thanks. I'm excited to be on with you. Honestly, watched everything on social media, and you've talked about the show, so I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Well, we are going to dive right into it because we have a lot to talk about because you have a brand new album out, Symphony of Sinners and Saints, and it's just killing it. I know the first three singles, number one on Billboard, so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Massive congratulations. It seems to be like an epic, epic ride right now. I can't wait to see how far this goes. So what inspired this album? You know, it was time to write another project after the first one, Midnight Macedonia. I wanted to do something bigger and better, you know, to to build on the momentum. And so I just felt like, okay, where's where's the best studio? Who's uh, bigger and better than uh, the Macedonian Orchestra? And, of course, the London Philharmonic comes to mind really quick. So those were more goal-oriented for the project. And then COVID sits in, and I, I was halfway through the project. And so COVID gave me a chance to really get really nitpicky about the project. And as far as inspiration, I'm always uh, singing into my uh, iPhone memos, and that's where it all starts. That's awesome. I know you mentioned COVID, and I know you mentioned the London Philharmonic. So a couple additional questions I have on the release is where was it recorded? Yeah, it was recorded in London at Abbey Road. Um, most people are familiar with it through probably the Beatles is the first thing that comes to mind, but everything from Rolling Stones, I mean, the most Elton John, uh, then the, you know, Lennon Philharmonic is noted for everything from, uh, Harry Potter, uh, recording that there, Star Wars score, uh, there. So a lot of big epic movie scores are, are, are recorded there. So it just seemed like a natural fit to record an epic album there. And what was most challenging about it? I mean, obviously COVID, people couldn't get together. What was the most challenging aspect for you for this release? The most challenging part was the constant delays. Because of COVID, we had to push back the recording by two or three months. Because of COVID, I couldn't get certain things done in a timely fashion. And I wanted to make sure I got the album out in 2021. So overall, it was just that whole hurry up and wait. Uh, process. And were there any other people involved in the writing, recording, or producing of the songs? Oh, yeah. We were just talking about this the other night during the performance. 
there were actually 160 people that participated directly in this album from four different countries. But the most notable, of course, is a, a really famous guitarist named Andy Simmons. Uh, there's another gentleman that's even more notable, I guess, by Joe Satriani. And of course, you, you have you know, the world famous orchestra and then London Voices. Trey Nigella is a three time Grammy winning uh, producer. He co produced it with me. So I felt like we were brought in, you know, some really top-notch talent to, to put it together. Yes, I definitely think so. And I know that a lot of those individuals are listed out on your website so people can learn more about who participated on the album. And it's absolutely breathtakingly brilliant. And I don't just say that because we're friends. I am a huge fan. And even if I didn't know you personally, I would be a huge fan of of this album because it is killer. It I can't say enough good things about it. And I obviously am going to be playing a couple songs from it, but I do know that you Can also work with, what was that? Can I blush over? A Can radio? you blush? Yes, you can blush. <laughs> Come from you, Miss Nick. We'll take those kudos all day. That'll last Uh-oh. a while. You're too sweet. You're too sweet. I know you write, but you also work with other artists. Do you enjoy doing recording and production for other artists as well, or do you prefer to do them for yourself? I love both. I love being able to, especially if it's a true collaborative effort on the producing. So yeah, I, I do get pretty jazzed about that. It's a nice break from my personal projects. And sometimes you need that from your personal projects just to get a fresh perspective when you come back. But I like them equally. I do like the self-satisfaction of my own projects of, I can't say success, but just the affirmation that people like it. You know, that that's always refreshing. Yes. I certainly can relate to that, certainly can do so. So I would like you to tell us about Conflicted before we pop that in for everyone. So this was the first Billboard number one single off the album. So tell us about Conflicted. What was it inspired by? What is it about? It's it's hard to explain sometimes instrumentals, but I was very specific on every song in the album, the theme of Sinners and Saints. And this one, if, if you listen to it, there's... It's got a lot of uplifting parts, but it's got a lot of sinister parts underneath. It's exactly that, conflicted. And the title itself is reflective of Sinners and Saints. Like every title on the album, it just kind of goes back and forth. And without sounding too much like an artist, as I hold up the quotation marks, it's just kind of my own thing, too. Am, am I a good person or am I bad? Have I, do my transgressions outweigh the good? Am I worthy? So that's really where that comes from. Uh, and I truly did seek out uh, Joe Satriani to play on this one because his playing is so clean. He's so creative, but um, I also know his style. So I knew that he could bring that other element to the dark part of the song. So I think that pretty much encompasses you know the whole vibe of, of where I came from on this one. Yep, I would definitely agree. And I think Joe's guitar playing on this is top-notch. So we are going to... Pop this in for our listeners. Here is Conflicted off the Sinners and Faith album by Kit Wakely.
love that song. I actually love every song on the album. I can't even say I have a favorite at this point because the whole album flows. I think you put a, and I know you, I know you probably did. You put a ton of thought into ensuring that you had a very processed theme throughout the entire album, at least from my perspective. I'm not big on that. I've never really focused on themes for my albums. I've always just kind of said, well, this is the song that I want to put on it. I've never really gone into deep with ensuring that there was a specific theme. Is that important to you when you're putting together an album? Um, It wasn't so much on Midnight Macedonia, the previous album. Yes, I wanted a common theme about, you know, the common vibe and that epic cinematic sound on every song. But this one really was a self-reflective album, and so it did have the purposeful theme. But I think that helps drive the songs. It helps make you pay attention. Okay, is this got the the same detail as the one prior? Did I cover all the elements that I did in the prior song. So I think having the theme just created the momentum to make sure I had the same approach on every song. Yeah, I know you've definitely done it because it just tells a story from start to end. So I definitely think you've encompassed that. How old were you when you started writing music? I must have been 15, 16 years old because I remember my first song ever had on the radio as far as like where I'm from they picked it up for some reason so I was 17 when I had my first song on the radio of course that never really went anywhere but I I sure thought so at the time and were you just doing instrumentals or were you also doing vocal composition as well we're all singer songwriter songs so yeah it was with a band I would write them and I was blessed to have really good musicians around me that made me sound really good so uh, I played with other years Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to look those up. Ladies and gentlemen, go find some old Kit Wakely. Let's do it. Let's do it. One of the older tunes is on Spotify or some of the DSPs now with Bree. I just did that when I thought, let's pull up an old one from way, way back just to see what it sounded like in a modern vibe. Obviously, songwriters, composers, we evolve over time. So do you think that your writing has evolved since you first started? Oh, wow, yeah. Come from the three-chord song to the four-chord song to adding some sevenths and some other flavors at the sixth. And you're in cover bands for so long that you learn so many different songs and their progressions. So, yeah, uh, in fact, even the writing from the previous album, Midnight Macedonia, to this one, Sinners and Saints, is significantly better on a number of levels. So, yeah, I think we all grow every time we do a project. We learn so much. I would certainly agree with that. And I'm interested to hear who some of your main influences are. I mean, a lot of us get inspired by different artists and the type of music that we listen to. Is there anyone in particular that you feel has influenced you in some way? You know, it's hard. You know, when you're playing in cover bands, I don't know, you have a lot of experience as an entertainer. You get to play a lot of really cool songs. So they all have some role. Michael Jackson versus a, a Motley Crue versus, you know, a Hans Zimmer or John Williams. I mean, they all played a role. Yeah, I can definitely say I agree with you on that. I mean, I know 
I mean, obviously, I'm a huge influenced hugely by Pat Benatar, Stevie Nicks, but even Madonna, Michael Jackson, and even people today. Like I listen to, you know, 30 Seconds to Mars is one of my hugest influences lately. And even listening to your music or music of some of our friends that we both know, I get influenced by the work that they're doing as well and kind of take and say, oh, wow, you know, I never thought of doing that. Maybe I should try that the next time. So I can certainly relate that, especially doing like cover songs and things like that, you kind of get a mishmash of various different types of influences. Certainly can. One of the questions that I ask everyone who is a songwriter composer who comes on my show is any songwriting or composing tips that you would like to share with our budding songwriters or composers out there? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's an esoteric philosophical question, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, as far as the mechanics, we're all going to have our approach. I always start with what I feel like is going to be the big impactful you know, part of the song, and I just backtrack, backtrack, so I feel like this powerful sound. Now, again, mechanically, how am I going to get, how, where, where am I going to take the listener? Because I always take the listener on a journey. You don't want to be just, just full blast the whole time. You, you want the ups and downs and the breaks and things like that. So I try to create, on the artistic side, a journey. You know, just flow in the dark, get your attention. You know, a really nice verse. I always like a break that almost has nothing to do with the rest of the song, but still melodic and still belongs there. I have the same formula uh, for what I do, and there's some specific purposes for that. Oh, we'll have to talk about that sometime offline because that's interesting that you say that, that you use a little the same type of formula because I'm all over the place. I actually do not like to stick to a specific song structure or key or even type of, of rhythm. I'm usually all over the place and, and kind of tend to just go with the flow, so to speak. Sure. Of, you know, I mean, I, well, I take that back because I actually do love writing ballads. So I guess you could say if anything, if anything, I would mimic how I write ballads, but that's unique. So you and I are going to have to talk offline about your your little structure and how you create your songs because that sounds interesting. I just think we're all creative. We get there a different way. And if we were all doing it the same way, I think our music would be boring. Yes, it definitely would be boring. And, and that is that is one of the reasons I've had this conversation with a couple of different people. I could never be a Nashville writer because everything is so cookie cutter and everything is so strict and got to have this many bars and it has to start this way and you've got to have a hook here and, and so on and so forth. It's too structured for me. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I mean, I just like to go all over the place. And I think some of my best songs are because I went all over the place. But anyway, it is what it is, right? Sure. Like I said, we all get there. We all get there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, we're going to get there with a short break. 
from a word from one of our partners in podcasting, as we call them. This is Chatting with Nat, and we'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on Sim Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we are back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network. And my guest, the multi-talented composer, musician, and producer, Kit Wakely. What is something that has been a challenge for you being in the music industry? I think just you're always second-guess. Am I good enough, maybe? You know, you do your art, and you hope that someone just gets that. You see that natural body language or a facial expression when they hear your music or whatever it might be. That's one of them. Being insecure about whether I'm good enough, I think, has always been, me personally, uh, the bigger struggle. Well, I'm going to tell you, you certainly are good enough. I mean, I know I'm a friend, but coming from a friend, you are certainly good enough. And I know from feedback that I have received from various individuals that have seen you perform live and just listening to your music. Even some of the things like I've been going through and listening to submissions for a project that we're doing. Kit, you're good enough. You're good enough. I know hearing people say that hopefully will help you build confidence. And you are. You definitely are. And it's so humble of you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just very, you know, I know that you're a very humble person. And it's just extremely humbling to hear. I I know that you do struggle sometimes with, with like anxiety and things like that. And you are, you are good enough. But I also understand too, because I I do it myself. I do the, am I good enough question as well. But I'm telling you, you are. I've I've been there when you do it live and you belt it out. Yes, 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 yes. I know. I need to learn how to control that a little bit better because I, I certainly I certainly don't need the microphone. <laughs> I, I thought it was honestly we, we walked away going, Wow, she can do it live, not just on the recording. So yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'd like to get into a little bit non musical chat because I know that you probably have tons of things that keep you busy outside of music. But are there certain hobbies or certain things that you like to do apart from writing music? Exercise, just being healthy, I think consumes a lot of our, if, as if you will, in the, the nature of hobby. And then, of course, I think we've talked about it before. Uh, we've recently, wow, it's been a year already. We brought in three little ones for adoption. And so that has become, that's turned our world completely upside down because it's such a commitment. Yes, it is a commitment. And I know that the three little ones that you brought in make seven. So what is yes. the <laughs> what is the significance of the number seven to you? Because I do know it has several meanings to you. Yeah, it does. Uh, first of all, it's a true story uh, because I don't really drink much alcohol, that is. 
It took me seven beers to get enough nerve to talk to uh, my current wife. And it is also the number of perfection in the Bible. So I like to make sure that uh, she knows that. And then, yes, with three more uh, kiddos, we now have seven kids. So, yeah, it seems to be a common thing. Lucky number seven, I will say. Definitely lucky. Yes. So here's, here's hoping that we do seven number one Billboard singles. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Fingers crossed. Awesome. Awesome. So I'd like to play another song off the new album. Tell us about Echoes of Amadeus. Oh, wow. First of all, it was hard to come up with a title because if you listen to the beginning, just the way I structured the brass and things like that, it's very much a Beethoven feel. I'm a fan of Chopin because he likes that minor dark feel. And then, yeah, Amadeus. And Amadeus is big about all those arpeggiations. And basically, I feel like Amadeus turned a violin into... A, a rock star type of instrument. I mean, that was the you know the electric guitar of that time, and he just brought it to life. So that's what I did with this one. There was one other reason we call it uh, to the song side by side. If you listen to Rock Me Amadeus, it's got the same vibe. I wanted to capture that vibe, and so you know there's se- several elements. So that's how we got to Echoes of Amadeus. Well. I just listened to this again before we hopped on our little chat, and it's another one of my favorites. So we're going to play it for everyone. This is Echoes of Amadeus off the Symphony of Sinners and Saints album by Kit Wakeley.
Love it. To me, it's movie soundtrack material. So I'm hoping that people listening are like, yes, this needs to be in a movie. It's like all of your songs could be in a movie or video game, anything like that. I just, I get that, that, that vibe from the compositions like this particular album in, in particular encompasses to me pure film composition to where I I wouldn't be surprised to see or hear multiple tracks in, you know, epic films. So hopefully that'll happen for you if it hasn't already because you get that feedback a lot and you know, I I'm I'm really hoping that uh once this current chapter of the album kind of comes to a close will start using its resume to start shopping for licensing. I definitely think that that should be an avenue for you. So I'm glad to hear that you'll be doing that. But yeah, I mean, it's always good to let the first stage of the album kind of go and then, and then sit and, and focus on that. Because working and trying to get syncs and things like that is time-consuming. <laughs> I'm sure you know. It's very time consuming to, to get those things because you always have to, they're always looking for that, that right fit. But I have no doubt that you're going to get something, you know, even car commercials, car commercials nowadays have these, you know, big epic productions. I could see several of these songs in like car commercials. Yeah. So how'd you Remember? say that? I did actually, what, five, six years ago. And oh, really? I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Man, it's been, wow, all the way back in 14. So, um, yeah, I I would have never remembered that if you hadn't said that. See, my head is thinking for you. I'm thinking today. I'm thinking. So so what's next for you, Kit? Upcoming concerts, shows, events, what's on the docket? We had our first show uh, last weekend, and the biggest uh, purpose of that concert was really for video purposes so we could shop it to other venues, orchestras, and things like that. And we've already got a ton of feedback. The problem is with production like this, when they only let you have 25 35% occupancy, uh, we're going to lose money. So we're I'm really pleased with the number of venues that truly want the show. We just have to figure out how we're going to navigate being able to cover the cost. And then we have some other venues we're going to start playing where maybe – 300, 400 people can come and just do modified versions. The band is so animated and so entertaining. Uh, we just need a few lights and some video to still entertain the, the audience. And I know one of those venues is Carnegie Hall in New York. Yes. Again, we won't be able to bring the whole rig, but we'll still bring enough for there to be some eye candy. And I can't stress enough. I mean, when you have our primary string players dance across stage and they're just beautiful ladies and they wear awesome, just awesome costumes. And then our guitarist, he just lights the whole place on fire. I mean, he's just electrifying and girls, they, they all like him. So he's, he's a nice addition for you guys. Um, <laughs> and then the it's very good at the instruments and they can entertain. So I'm in a way looking forward to Carnegie because people will see just the raw, they'll experience more of the music than they will the the show, if you will. Oh, great. Well, I'm glad that I'm saving my viewing of 
the event for Carnegie. So make sure that you save me a ticket because I have a feeling it's going to oh, sell out. Yep. I think you're one of the VIPs in this group for sure. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I am going to take in one more song. And, and I'm going to be a little bit selfish about the one that I sneak in because I would like to share the song that the two of us did together with everyone because I think it goes to show your flexibility, your versatility, and your willingness to collaborate with other musicians because and other songwriters. And I want to showcase that because there are a lot of people that I know that aren't willing to allow uh, other songwriters, composers, or even vocalists to take one of their songs and almost convert it and create an entirely new version, so to speak, which is what we did with St. Christopher's Journey, which was the original version of the song. And then us working together, we now created is this love. But I wanted to play that for everyone because I did think it was important to show your versatility because I actually just recently asked someone else who had a instrumental, you know, hey, can I put a top line on this? And they weren't so open to it, you know, which is fine. But, you know, I don't think they really understood the whole concept of, you know, this is still going to be your song, but we're just going to create something new. And how much opportunity there is for that potential to put different music in just using some of the same components. So I do want to share our song because oh, I actually, unfortunate because yeah. what you brought Christopher's journey is, it was awesome. Um, but it can bring, when you let someone else of your caliber come in and it brings that depth and, more color and just a totally different fingerprint. I, I think anyone who says no is really cheating themselves. Oh, thank you. You're too sweet. I appreciate that. I, I see it. I appreciate that. All right. Now that I've got the blushing going. So with that, I'm going to play Is This Love? So it is by moi featuring the awesome Kit Wakely. Here it is. Is this 
Josie Music Award for that song. So yay. Congrats, Kit. Awesomeness. Right. Awesomeness. And I think you were also nominated recently for some Josie Music Awards, correct? Producer, I believe, maybe instrumentalist as well. Yes, I was actually surprised to see that. I was really glad. Really glad. I, I just love them. They're great people. Yes, they are. And I know that I do believe, well, I know I'm definitely going and I think you are going to be going to the awards show again as well. So we will both be in Pigeon Forge later on this year. So folks are around, say hi. But for now, before we close out the show, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? How about where they can find you on social media? Everything as far as social media is centered around my name, Kit Wakely, kitwakely.com, at Kit Wakely for Instagram. It's, it's a pretty easy search on Facebook, et cetera. So that's that's where most of my social media, and of course, if you're wanting to listen, I always embrace people who go to Spotify or iTunes or anything like that. So blessed to have so many outlets for people to be able to find me. Excellent. And it's Kit, K-I-T-T, Wakely, W-A-K-E-L-E-Y, in case you were wondering about the spelling. So with that, Kit, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time to chat with me. I know you are a busy person, and it's really been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more and to talk about the album. So thank you for your time early happy father's day enjoy those three new little babies and or young children because they're not really babies any at at the moment they're a little bit older so enjoy your your three younger kiddos and the four older ones thank you 
And thanks for everyone for tuning in for Mixing It. On behalf of everyone at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it.